Good morning, faithful listener. You are listening to the Bible Explained podcast, where the Bible gets explained. So grab your cup of coffee and stay tuned as we read through the book of Luke. Hello and good morning, friends and faithful listeners. This is the last episode of season four. We will be moving into season five next Monday, starting in Deuteronomy and then also finishing up Luke pretty soon here. But my seasons go with the Old Testament, just to let you guys know. So on Monday, yes, we will be starting in season five with the book of Deuteronomy. But just a quick disclaimer before I start, I will be taking the next three days off. So starting tomorrow and ending on Friday, I will not be doing an episode, just giving myself a little break and, uh, you know, just working on some stuff that I wanted to work on for some time. I would really like to get the YouTube channel, like actually having YouTube videos on it. (laughs) So I probably will work on that for the next three days. So, yeah. All right. But let's go ahead and read Luke 21, 20 through 33. Grab your Bible and your cup of coffee. I finally have my coffee um, back. I don't know if you remember from last week, but I had no coffee and I was very sad. So I got my coffee. I'm good to go. So grab yours and your Bible and let's read Luke 21, 20 through 33 out of the W.E.B. But when you see Jerusalem surrounded by armies, then know that its desolation is at hand. Then those who are in Judea flee to the mountains. Let those who are in the middle of her depart. Let those who are in the country not enter therein. For these are the days of vengeance, that all things which are written may be fulfilled. Woe to those who are pregnant and those who nurse infants in those days. For there will be great distress in the land and wrath to its people. They will fall by the edge of the sword and will be led captive into all the nations. Jerusalem will be trampled down by the Gentiles until the times of the Gentiles are fulfilled. There will be signs in the sun, the moon, and the stars, and on the earth anxiety of nations, in perplexity from the roaring of the sea and the waves, men fainting for fear and for expectation of the things which are coming on the world, for the powers of the heavens will be shaken. Then they will see the Son of Man coming in a cloud with power and great glory. But when these things begin to happen, look up and lift up your heads, because your redemption is near." He told them a parable, see the fig tree and all the trees. When they are already budding, you know by your own selves that summer is already near. Even so you also, when you see these things happening, know that God's kingdom is near. Most certainly I tell you, this generation will not pass away until all things are accomplished. Heaven and earth will pass away, but my words will by no means pass away. If that last verse isn't Jesus declaring himself to be God, (laughs) then I don't know what is. Heaven and earth will pass away, but my words will never pass away. Like that is a strong statement that Jesus is declaring himself basically eternal, (laughs) that his words are never going to pass away. Like that's definitely, I think, Jesus declaring himself to be God right there. But in verse uh, 20, if we're starting at the beginning of all this, of what we read, It says that when you see Jerusalem surrounded by armies, know that its desolation is at hand. So what's interesting about this is many people believe that in scripture, there's often two prophecies to every one prophecy. 
if that makes sense. I don't know if that's always the case. I don't know if it's the case here. We do know that the destruction of Jerusalem definitely happened in AD 70. Like that is history. That is fact. I, I don't know if this is two prophecies in one, like one that already happened and one that will happen. It very well could be. Uh, it would make sense if it were. However, I'm just going to focus on the old prophecy. So to do a quick recap about what happened to Jerusalem in AD 70 was the Romans totally surrounded Jerusalem during the Passover. So you guys know from previous episodes that the Passover was a big deal, right? I mean, the people from all over the world would travel to Jerusalem to celebrate the Passover. So there was tons and tons of travelers in the city. So to the Romans, this was the perfect time to strike back at the Jews, right? When all the Jews are congregated in one area for Passover. So that's what ended up happening. The Romans let people into the city, but would not let them back out. And they were defenseless. And there's actually evidence that every single person pretty much in that city died due to starvation because they formed a barrier around the city and they wouldn't let any single person get out. It was like mass genocide that the Romans committed against the Jews. They say that 1.1 million Jews died during all of that. It was one of the greatest travesties against uh, Jews other than the Holocaust. Now, Jesus is basically saying that this is going to happen. And what's interesting is there was a historian Around this time period, he was a Christian historian that wrote that practically no Christians that they know of died with the destruction of Israel because of what Jesus stated here. This uh, historian, I forget his name, Eugene or something like that. <laughs> he he said that the Christians, because they knew Jesus's words and knew the prophecy of what Jesus had said, they actually fled to Pella, which I don't know where Pella is. <laughs> I did not look at a map. But for the most part, the Christians got out of the city because they recognized Jesus's words. They saw what was happening because here's what Je Jesus says here. It says, when you see Jerusalem surrounded by armies, know that its desolation is at hand. Let those who are in Judea flee to the mountains. Let those who are in the middle of her depart. Let those who are in the country not enter therein. For these are the days of vengeance that all things which are written may be fulfilled. Jerusalem will be trampled down by Gentiles until the times of the Gentiles are fulfilled. So, I mean, Jesus is basically saying what's going to happen with the, the Roman armies. The people who did not die in that city, though most did, were actually taken away as captives. This was a huge upheaval to the to the Jewish people. I mean, their entire capital was destroyed, as well as their beautiful temple, everything. It was it was all destroyed. But Jesus is warning the people who are going to listen. He's warning them to get out. And what's interesting about um, when we see the destruction often happen in the Old Testament and the New Testament at times, we often see that Christians or people who have a strong faith in God or believe in God are saved. For example, Noah. Another example I can think of is Lot and Jeremiah and some of the prophets who were saved from the uh, destruction of Israel later on. And there's actually a verse that is in the New Testament that Peter says, that Peter wrote, that says that God is able to protect the ones who believe in him from the coming destruction. So don't be afraid when God brings his vengeance down, because if you are God's child, he's going to protect you. If you are a believer in God, you are not meant for that wrath. 
and you will be protected. And this is kind of what happens here. Like Jesus clearly warned people, like clearly warned people. Anybody who took Jesus's words here could have gotten out of that city, fled to Pella or wherever else and stayed there. Everyone could have, but the fact was nobody did. They didn't recognize Jesus as the Messiah. So when this happened, 1.1 million Jewish people died. They didn't heed Jesus's words because they didn't believe in him. But the ones who did believe in Jesus got out. They got out of the city. So that's what Peter means when he says that those who believe in God, those who trust in God, will be spared from uh, destruction, basically. So it is important to look at these old prophecies because Jesus, even now, for us, he gives us plenty of prophecies that we can look to for the future and see when things are happening. For example, Jesus moves from an issue that already happened, the destruction of Jerusalem, to an issue that hasn't happened yet, actually. It says, Jerusalem will be trampled down by the Gentiles until the times of the Gentiles are fulfilled. That hasn't happened. <laughs> I mean, until the times of the Gentiles are fulfilled. I don't exactly know what that means specifically, but I'm going to guess that means that the Gentiles are going to no longer be in Israel because that's been a problem since the destruction of Jerusalem. I mean, the Gentiles are still there. <laughs> like Israel is co in constant like a battlefield between the Palestinians and the Jewish people. They're like constantly butting heads and, and battling with each other. But Jesus says that the times of the Gentiles are going to be fulfilled. So I'm going to guess I, uh, this is my own personal opinion. I'm just going to guess that Israel somehow is going to take complete control back of Israel is kind of what it sounds like to me. Once Israel takes Israel back from the Gentiles completely. It says there will be signs in the sun, the moon and the stars and on the earth, the anxiety of the nations in perplexity for the roaring of the sea and the waves. So something it sounds like something is going to happen in the sea. Maybe something will happen in the moon because uh, it says there are going to be signs in the moon. So I wonder if um, <laughs> something will happen that changes the tides a little bit or something. But it I mean, it says that the nations are going to have anxiety that's already happening, though. I mean, like, it feels like everybody has anxiety anymore. <laughs> and we are perplexed about what's going on in the world. You know, like, we definitely are like, what the heck is happening? You know, <laughs> at least I am. I don't know. But anyway, it says also men fainting for fear and for the expectation of the things which are coming on the world. So these strong men are fainting in fear because they don't understand what's going on. All these signs and wonders from heaven. It says the nations are going to be anxiety and men are going to faint for fear. They're going to be so scared after everything that's going on. But here's the hope that Christians have. It says the powers of the heavens are going to be shaken and then they will see the son of man coming in a cloud with power and great glory. But when these things begin to happen, look up and lift up your heads because your redemption is near. So Jesus is like, don't have fear over this stuff. Like, look up. When this stuff starts to happen, look up because you're going to see Jesus coming in the clouds. It says that Christians will see. Then they will see the Son of Man coming in the cloud, verse 27, with great power and glory. So, I mean, this is not 
horrifying. If you're a Christian, this should not be horrifying because this means redemption is getting closer and closer and closer. And also we're going to be protected. Like Peter said, God is going to protect us. He's going to take care of us because we aren't meant for destruction. Actually, I'm going to look up that verse real quick. Let me see if I can look that up. Okay, I actually found it. It's 2 Peter 2. So I'm going to read verses 1 through 10 real quick. It says, um, and this is out of the NIV, but there will also be false prophets among the people, just as there will be false teachers among you. They will secretly introduce destructive heresies, even denying the sovereign Lord who brought them, or I'm sorry, who bought them, bringing swift destruction on themselves. Many will follow their depraved conduct and will bring the way of truth into disrepute. In their greed, these teachers will exploit you with fabricated stories. Their condemnation has long been hanging over them, and their destruction has not been sleeping. For if God did not spare the angels when they sinned, but sent them to hell, putting them in chains of darkness to be held for judgment, if he did not spare the ancient world when he brought the flood on its ungodly people, but protected Noah, a preacher of righteousness, and seven others, if he condemned the cities of Sodom and Gomorrah by burning them to ashes and made them an example of what is going to happen to the ungodly, and if he rescued Lot, a righteous man who is distressed by the depraved conduct of the lawless. For that righteous man living among them day after day was tormented in his righteous soul by the lawless deeds he saw and heard. If this is so, then the Lord knows how to rescue the godly from trials and to hold the unrighteous for punishment on the day of judgment. This is especially true of those who follow the corrupt desire of the flesh and despise authority. So, I mean, there you go right there. Pretty clear that God's going to protect his people, but also bring destruction at the same time at the end times. So we don't need to fear. We don't have to be afraid of, you know, the crazy stuff that's going to happen that's talked about in Revelation because we're all right. Like if you and I believe in Jesus, we're going to be okay. So we don't have to worry. We can look up and lift up our heads because our redemption is drawing near. Like it says in verse 28. So then here in verse 29, Jesus says to his uh, disciples, and I'm sorry, I'm back in Luke 21 now. <laughs> he says, see the fig tree and all of its trees when they are already budding, you see and know by your own selves that summer is already near. Even so, you also, when you see these things happening, know that God's kingdom is, is near. And obviously that's pretty self-explanatory of when you see the signs, you're knowing something is nearby. Verse 32, most certainly I tell you, this generation will not pass away until all things are accomplished. Heaven and earth will pass away, but my words will by no means pass away. So in my mind, this could mean two things. I always kind of thought it meant um, the Israelite nation will never pass away, but it could also mean... I think the Christians, now that I'm, I'm looking at this again, because we have been adopted into God's family, even though the Israelites, yes, they were uh, chosen as God's beloved people, as his children. That's why in the Old Testament, they, they're always called the children of Israel, right? Because they're God's children. But we have been adopted now, like us Christians who believe in Jesus have been adopted into God's family. So I do believe that when Jesus says this generation will not pass away, I think he's talking about the Christians, like the Christians are not going to pass away. And that's really comforting, I think, that the Christians are not going to pass. Like, there's always going to be Christians around. To me, that is very comforting because, um, I don't know, it's scary to think of yourself as being like the only one of something. Do you know what I mean? Like being marginalized in that way. But that's not what Jesus is saying. He says, certainly this generation is not going to pass away until all these things are accomplished. So we're going to be okay. 
Heaven and earth will pass away, but my words will by no means pass away. So there, once again, I believe Jesus is claiming himself to be God there. I mean, like I said, that's a pretty bold claim that Jesus's words are never going to pass away and that he was saying that about himself, that heaven and earth, the world is going to pass away before Jesus does Jesus's words do. <laughs> well, actually, no, Jesus's words are never going to pass away, but heaven and earth will pass away. But anyway, yeah. So my point with all of this is First and foremost, Jesus has warned us. He's shown us the signs. We don't have to worry about when they happen because there's actually never any place in scripture that says that the Christian needs to be worried about the end time destruction. Rather, Jesus is always telling us, like, be prepared, be prepared for his return is kind of what it was. And I think what that means is we just need to be focused on one thing. We don't know when Jesus is going to return, but we do know that he will. And if we believe in Jesus, if we believe that he is God, and if we believe that his words are never going to pass away, then we certainly have to believe that he will return for us someday. And in order to be ready, we just have to continue to trust in Jesus. We have to continue to hold on to our faith, uh, spread the gospel, and just in general, Choose to love God first and choose to love people also. Those are the two commandments that we are given. Love God and love others. So if we do those things, I do believe we're going to be ready for Jesus's return. And I mean, imagine being one of the people on earth that gets to see, like literally looks up and gets to see Jesus coming down on the clouds. Like, whoa, that would be so cool, wouldn't it? Like, if you really think about that, like, holy cow, that'd be so Cool. So it's definitely something to look forward to and not something to dread. But anyway, faithful listeners, I really do hope that you enjoyed this last episode of season four and that you look forward to uh, next week's episode on October 31st, which is Halloween. And uh, yeah, I'll be back with an episode out of Deuteronomy on Monday. And then, of course, I'll maintain my consistent Tuesday and Thursday episodes after that in the New Testament. But friends, don't forget to check the show notes underneath this podcast episode. You can see the email address that I dropped there. You can see the website. Oh, and by the way, I'm giving out two free chapters of my book out of the mire when you subscribe to the uh, website so go over there subscribe to the website and uh, get your two free chapters of out of the mire in your inbox that's my gift to you so do that uh, this week when you uh, have time because you won't be listening to the podcast but don't forget to read your bible like (laughs) just because i'm not doing a podcast episode don't not read your bible like like definitely go into the word yourself and uh read it. I always very much encourage you guys to read what I am talking about because don't just trust me. Don't just trust my words for it. Definitely go through and read it yourself. But anyway, faithful listeners, I'm just going to ask you to have a wonderful rest of your week. I'll see you bright and early for season five on Monday. Happy listening and God bless. (music) 